Welcome everyone back to the sports podcast. I'm your host for today. I'm Justin Roman. And guys, I'm hoping you guys are having a, a fine afternoon. Guys, today I just want to talk about the Yankees. You know, guys, the Yankees, they will be playing in a, in, in a couple weeks. Um, the Yankees will be playing the, the Toronto Blue Jays. That should be a really good matchup to watch. Um, but guys, there was, a, there was a rumor today that the coronavirus will force the Yankees to return to Florida for the regular season games against the Blue Jays. Um, my thoughts on this, I'm look. Sportsnet's um, reports the Blue Jays uh, reports the Blue Jays displaced once again by pandemic border restrictions will open the 2021 season at their spring home in Dunedin, uh, Florida. According to multiple industry sources, an internal email Wednesday um, informed staffers of the decision, which is expected to be announced Thursday which is today when the club holds its first official workout for pitchers and catchers of the spring. You know, um, the Blue Jays, uh, the Blue, the Blue Jays, they, the Blue Jays played, uh, the coronavirus shortened 60 game regular season last year at their AAA facility back in Buffalo. Now the Blue Jays went, uh, 17 and nine at home of their AAA after an extensive remodeling of the facility to accommodate the COVID-19 health and safety protocols, as well as the day-to-day needs of two major league uh, terms. The Blue Blue Jays aren't the only professional sports franchise from Toronto taking shelter in Florida. The, The Toronto Raptors, who's a basketball team, are playing their current NBA season in Tampa Bay, Florida. The Blue Jays' uh, Dundum facility is a short 30-minute uh, drive from the Yankee Spring Training home in Tampa. Um, I, so, I'll, I am shocked. You know, um, so, I guess the Yankees, um, they're going to have to play in. Toronto because of the coronavirus, um, you know, um, hey, that's what they have to do, you know, but, you know, um, look at, like I said, um, not the only, they're, they're not the only team, um, you know, the, the Yankees and the Raptors, they're not, they aren't the only team to play in, uh, Florida, the Raptors are, you know, um, because of the coronavirus, you know? So, um, that's going to be interesting. So, um, I'll remind it. So, yeah. Hey, guys, let's talk about the Giants really quick. Let's talk about my New York Giants. Um, guys, um, 
Guys, there's a report today on um, NewJersey.com that the Giants are in okay shape right now since the NFL salary cap will be at least for it. So there's a report today that the Giants are in okay shape now, for now, that the NFL salary cap will be at least $180 million in 2021. Oh, look, hey, look. On paper, the giant. On paper, the Giants don't appear to have a whole lot of cap space. But with the NFL's sometimes confusing salary cap, you might as well just throw what's on paper into the trash. The Giants and the rest of the NFL really received some positive news, you know, as it pertains to the salary cap in 2021. The NFL announced that the salary cap floor will now be $180 million instead of $175 million, making it possible, if not likely, that the final salary cap figure, which is yet to be announced, could uh, come in higher than that figure. It will be, it will be, it, it will still be a significant drop from the $198.2 million of 2020, but that was expected coming off a season uh, with declining revenue to the COVID-19 pandemic. For the Giants, every additional million dollars the salary cap comes and above that $180 million figure will be helpful. As it stands right now, over the cap has the Giants projected, as it stands right now for the Giants, over the cap has the Giants projected to have to have than one million dollars. So, according to my calculations, that that would be um that would be nine hundred six thousand four hundred fifty three thousand dollars to be exact at the one hundred million dollar figure. But that's not exactly ideal especially for a team with one winning season over the last eight years and a quarterback on his rookie contract. But it's not going to prevent them from having enough money to pursue free agents this offseason at positions of need like wide receiver, offensive line, and edge rusher. That is because the Giants can easily clear significant cap space by cutting veterans like Golden Tate, Nate Soldier, Levine Toilolo, and David Mayo, extending players with one year with one year left on their deal like Kevin Zeitler and Bill Peppers and restructuring contracts for players expected to stick around for a while like James Bradbury. Plus, the Giants can save six uh, can save six million dollars more by trading away tight end Evan Ingram. So don't panic, Giants fans. Don't panic. We're in good shape. So hey, you know I'm I'm shocked. You know I'm. Not only that, this is good news for the Giants, but this is good news for every other team, especially for teams that that need help. You know, teams like the Jaguars and the Jets. You know, so um, hey, I'm not, I'm not, I'm happy. You know, Giants fans, like I said, don't panic. You know, we have time. You know, um. I wouldn't be I wouldn't be shocked if we do get rid of Golden Tate. You know, um, that there's been rumors. I think we might. I think 
I think we might I think we might get rid of Golden Tate and Eight Soldier because there's been rumors like over there's been there's been rumors reporting for weeks that the Giants are expected to cut Golden Tate and cut Nate Soldier, you know. Cause the Giants obviously Joe Judge obviously wants to build this foundation into a, a winning culture, you know. And Nate Soldier, he didn't really do anything, you know. Um, he he led all right tackles and and um. He led all tackles and um. Like, he was not a good blocker, you know. And that could that's not good for Daniel Jones, you know. So, and obviously, Joe Judge, he he believes in Andrew Thomas, you know, and since Andrew Thomas, he's getting the hand of, because Andrew Thomas, he was rough, I understand Andrew Thomas, he was, he wasn't doing that good in the beginning, in the beginning of the season, but ending the season, he started getting it. So I think Andrew Thomas, I think everyone's going to start looking at Andrew Thomas as as the new right tackle. No. So yeah. Hey, um I want can't wait to see what happens. Can't wait. Hey guys, let's talk about the Philadelphia Eagles. Hmm? Okay, guys. There is a report today on by ESPN that the Philadelphia Eagles just traded Carson Wentz to the Indianapolis Colts for two draft picks. Hold up, is this... Guys, what did I say? Philadelphia, the Philadelphia Eagles, it's been reported. What have I been saying for weeks? Philadelphia, he's gonna... The Philadelphia Eagles clearly have traded Carson Wentz to the Indianapolis Colts for two draft picks. Carson Wentz will be with his former head coach, Frank Wright. That will be a beautiful reunion between the former quarterback and former coach. My thoughts on this. This is no lie. This is no lie. There was a a source today, two hours ago, reported on ESPN that the Philadelphia Eagles uh, traded Carson Wentz to the Indianapolis Colts for for two, not one, but two draft picks. My thoughts on this. The Eagles 
will receive the 85th overall pick in this year's draft and the conditional second rounder can become a first round pick based on Wentz's playing time. Wentz needed Wentz needs to play at least 75% of the Colts offensive snaps for the 2022 conditional pick to convey to a first rounder, you know, corners, you know, to convey a first rounder. The pick also could become a first rounder if Wentz plays at least 70% of the snaps and the Colts reach the playoffs. But the worst, the 2022 pick can be it's a second rounder, meaning the Eagles are assured of netting two value picks for Wentz. The Eagles and Colts spend much of the past two weeks trying to finalize the trade, which cannot be officially uh, processed until the until the new NFL year begins in March 17th. Despite being speculated as a potential suitor for Wentz in trade talks, the Chicago Bears did not wind up making an offer to the Eagles, which I knew all along. The Eagles will take a $33.8 million dead cap hit, which is the largest dead cap hit that any team ever has taken for a player, while the Colts will assume the balance of Wentz's $128 million extension, including the $10 million guaranteed roster bonus, which is due March 19th. Each team walks away from the dead with what it wanted across all fronts. Wentz will be reunited, like I said, Wentz will be reuniting with Frank Wright, who was his former offensive coordinator back in Philadelphia and helped fill the void left by Phillip Rivers' uh, retirement. While the Eagles are likely to turn to Jalen Hurts, though they also intend to bring in competition for Hurts, the Eagles' starting job is not expected to automatically go to Jalen Hurts. Trading uh, Carson Wentz marks the end of an unexpected chapter and year with the Eagles. Wentz went from a former MVP candidate to hack to backing up Hurts, a rookie second-round pick in 2020, while his relationship with former Eagles head coach Doug Peterson, like this, was it ripped apart. Wentz wanted out of Philadelphia, even though the Eagles hired former Colts offensive coordinator Nick Sirianni as their new head coach. I'm pretty sure you guys heard that before. I've told you guys, I've told you that, I've told you guys that for weeks. Frank Wright, who has been Frank Wright to me, who has been with the Colts, who has been the Colts head coach for the past three years was the Eagles offensive coordinator for Wentz's first two NFL seasons in 2016 and 2017. With Frank Wright at the helm now, Carson Wentz will take the reins of a Colts attack that ranked 10th in the NFL in total offense and 9th in scoring last season. Four-time Pro Bowl receiver T.Y. Hillen is an unrestricted free agent, from what I'm hearing, and his future with the Colts is uncertain. But in the will enter free agency in the 2021 draft with a diverse offense featuring running back Jonathan Taylor, who was the NFL's third leading rusher as a rookie with 1,169... I can't even talk right now. With 1,169 yards last season. Thursday's blockbuster trade also continues an already totemious offseason for quarterbacks. 
Less than three weeks after the Rams traded Jared Goff, who was the number one overall pick of the 2016 draft to the Lions for fellow quarterback Matthew Stafford, the Eagles now have traded the number two overall pick of the same draft to the Colts. The Eagles signed Wentz to a four-year, $128 million extension in June of 2019, signaling their belief that he was the long-term answer at quarterback. But the relationship soared during a rocky 2020 season during which Wentz ranked 34th in the NFL in completion percentage, which was 57.4%, which is horrible. And he was... Carson Wentz was, he led all quarterbacks in interceptions, which was, he led all quarterbacks in interceptions. This man threw 15 interceptions and he got sacked 50 times despite being benched in the favor of Hertz for Philadelphia's final four games. Carson Wentz, who is 28 years old, he's still young. He has, he still has time to lead a team to a Super Bowl. Carson Wentz appeared to be on a trajectory towards stardom in Philadelphia. After throwing 30 after th- oh, I talk right now. After throwing 33 touchdowns and just 7 interceptions in 2017, which was probably Carson Wentz's best season out of his entire career, while making a hard change for the MVP before tearing multiple knee ligaments that December. He developed a stress frac he developed a stress fracture in his back the following season, but managed to toss 48 touchdowns to only 14 interceptions over the past two years. But the rift grew between Wentz and Peterson. Tim McManus, uh Tim McManus. Uh he was saying on the he he who is who is a uh, news reporter? He said this on ESPN. He said that Peterson stripped Wentz of much of his control over the offense as injuries and losses piled up in 2020, and Wentz's faith in Peterson's system was lost. I'm not going to lie. It was. You know? I'm not going to lie. Doug Peterson obviously did not... He obviously did not... He didn't understand... Like, he didn't understand Carson Wentz's physical talent. He didn't know how to, he didn't know how to, like, he didn't know how to coach Carson Wentz. Doug Peterson was a bad head coach this year. Bad play caller. And a bad decision maker. He was too scared to go for it. Why would you go? Why would you not go for it on fourth and one? It's only one yard. If that was Joe Judge, Joe Judge would have definitely went for that. You know. But back to uh, Carson Wentz and Doug Peterson. Peterson was fired last month on the heels of a four of a of a uh, four eleven and one season after he and owner Jeffrey Lurie failed to agree on a common uh, vision for the future. But Nick Sirianni hiring did not change Wentz's mind about wanting to move on from Philadelphia. 
a sign that there were trust issues that extended beyond Peterson. The Eagles traded up twice in the draft to select Wentz out of North Dakota State, and Wentz validated that decision early on. He owns the franchise single-season record for compl- for uh, 388 completions, 69.6 completion percentage, 4,000 passing yards, and 33 passing touchdowns. Wentz also is one of is one of only six quarterbacks in NFL history to record 20-plus passing touchdowns and 10 or fewer interceptions in three straight seasons, joining Tom Brady, Drew Brees, Peyton Manning, Aaron Rodgers, and Russell Wilson. He was named first-team All-Pro and made his lone Pro Bowl appearance back in 2017. Okay, um, look it. I'm not shocked. I'm not shocked that uh, the Eagles traded Wentz to the Colts. I'm not shocked. For two draft picks, I'm not shocked. Carson Wentz, even, like, everyone everyone had him going to Indy because Frank Wright, when he was under Frank Wright, Frank Wright, he did a fabulous job coaching Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz, he made the throws. He was he moved a little bit too, you know. We didn't see that from we didn't see that same Carson Wentz in 2020. But now that you're he's gonna be playing behind a well structured offensive line, he's gonna be playing with one of the best defenses in the league. Obviously, they gotta do something with T.Y. Hilton. But I'm not shocked. I'm not shocked, but I am happy. I'm shocked but happy for Carson Wentz. Because I want him to have a better future. Like I said, I like the kid. I like him a lot, and he's only 28 years old. He, this this man has he still has time to lead a team to the Super Bowl. Could it happen this year? It might. We don't know. But it's gonna be really. Colts fans are gonna have one hell of a season next uh next season, watching the Colts. So yeah um. Yeah. Like there's I had no I had no there I was there was something in my mind that was telling me that there's no way that Carson Wentz is gonna end up going to the freaking Bears. So I don't I wasn't shocked at all. I was. Who's the one that? Who's the one that's been saying that Carson Wentz was going to the Colts? I did. Who's the one? And in the Bears and Colts scenario, I always pick the Colts over the Bears. Because what did I say? The Bears, they don't have a well-structured offensive line. Who knows what the Bears are going to do with Allen Robinson? And the Bears barely have a good defense. The only, the only good defender they have on that front, on that front defense, is Khalil Mack, and the only good defenders they have in that secondary is Kyle Fuller and Eddie Jackson. In the Colts, you have Quentin Olson with, with, with uh, Anthony Castrillo. Good offensive line. You're playing behind two good backs from Marlon Mack and Naeem Hines and Jonathan Taylor, playing with one of the best defenses in the league. Obviously, the Colts need to put 
more work in the, in the wide receiving court. But other than that, the Colts have a much, the Colts have a Super Bowl contending team. And now we're bringing in Carson Wentz, who, like I said, Carson Wentz, he didn't play good because he didn't have a supporting cast. But in Indianapolis, he will have one. So, happy for Carson Wentz. Okay, guys, let's talk about the Dallas Cowgirls. <sighs> guys, today, um, you guys have been asking me questions. Some of you Cowboys fans, I've been, I've been polite enough to answer your questions. So, guys, obviously, um... Guys, the Cowboys are on the clock. Dak Prescott hasn't signed his franchise tag. Thank God. The two uh, the two top corners are gone. But Trey Lance and Mac Jones are still there. You guys been asking me, what will you do? Um, here's what I would do. Well, First of all, that's an important part of your scenario. That's unanswered. Is there hope for is there hope for a Dak deal? Because I, because as long as there's optimism, I'm not pre, I'm not panicking and drafting a quarterback in the first round who very well may not play a snap on his entire rookie contract. As long as there's hope. I'm drafting the best defensive prospect on the board and trying to improve that and trying to improve the team under the assumption that Dak is the guy I'm building around or draft an offensive tackle because the Cowboys both they need help on the offensive line and the defense defensive front defensive secondary you know I get that we all want to see a re- I get that a lot of Cowboys fans want to see a resolution here but if this year's offseason schedule is similar to past, to the past years, it hasn't been fully announced yet. Then mid-July is still the only real deadline regarding the tag if Dak has to get it again to extend the negotiating window. You know, look. We all want the front off. Everyone wants the front off. If I'm a Cowboys fan, do you think I want the front office to get a, a deal done with Dak? Yeah. Dak, Dak never had a losing season. I think if you give Dak Prescott a good offensive line, and don't get me wrong, you don't need to work on the receiving core. The Cowboys have a really good receiving core. You got CeeDee Lamb, Amari Cooper, Michael Gallup. You have receivers. You know? That's the best possible outcome. But if if it's not done by mid-April, you've got to start planning for the future. 
Hope isn't a strategy. In the scenario you're presenting me, I'm drafting. I'm if I'm, I'm not gonna resign. I'm not resigning Dak. I'm gonna find another quarterback that that has a bright future. Because obviously, Dak. If you don't really think Dak's for, if Dak, if you don't really think Dak is a forty million dollar quarterback, then don't extend him. What's the point of extending him to a long term deal? If I'm the Cowboys, I'm drafting someone like Trey Lance or or someone like a, you know, I'm drafting Trey Lance. And he's here's why. He's incredibly athletic and he's got a cannon arm. He can sit and learn behind Dak for a year and we'll see what happens in 2022. You simply can't pass up the opportunity to draft the future of your team. Not if you can't come to an agreement with Dak, you know, you guys would also ask, you guys been also asking me questions, um, Justin, um, this to me is a little like the, uh, should Dallas be interested in JJ Watt? Question we answered, uh, Monday, I think McCoy would be a great fit in terms of of leadership and the defensive line rotation, provided he's healthy. I'm not sure what he is with the injury. And remember, the quad was a previous issue for him because there was an injury waiver built into the contract last year. But just like last year, I agree he could be an asset to the interior line if healthy. It's a shame that what it's a shame that happened the week into camp. Well, look, should the Cowboys be interested in J.J. Watt? Look, everything with McCoy just makes me think if he's healthy, I love to have him back on this team. You know, if I'm a Cowboys fan, I would love it if I would love it if uh, uh, McCoy, um, uh, I would love if McCoy, if McCoy is healthy, the, the, that defense line, I'm not saying just because just because um. Um, McCoy is healthy enough to come back on the defensive line. That's not going to change anything. <sighs> he's a good player, and he's obviously a leader. It just depends on how well he has rehabbed. If his recovery has gone well, if I'm a Co- Cowboys fan, should be really happy to have him back on the, two- on the team for next season. So obviously, guys, um... There's a lot of questions for the Dallas Cowboys. Um, I don't know what's going to happen. Are the Cowboys... I don't really think... You know what? I was watching... I don't really think what... I don't really think... I like Dak Prescott. I like him a lot. But I just don't think he's a $40 million quarterback. He hasn't proved that. You know? And what Skip Bayless said uh, the other day... He said, I love Dak Prescott, but I do not think he is a $40 million quarterback. I agree with him, you know. I just think, just give him a supporting cast. That's all, I, that's all you got to do. Give him a supporting cast. Give him a good offensive line. I don't know what you're going to do. Zeke, Zeke hasn't proven a damn thing. So... I don't know. What to say. I don't know what to say. I'm happy. I don't. I'm happy because I'm a Giants fan. 
That's all I gotta say. Let's see what happens. Will the Cowboys? Will the Cowboys decide not to re-sign Dak and go after their future quarterback in the draft, or will they? Or will they re-sign Dak to a long-term and draft that rookie quarterback and let him learn under Dak for I don't know for a few years or so? My question to that, I don't. It might be one or the other, but let's let's see what happens. I hope you guys like this uh, podcast. Um, I will be doing another one tomorrow. Um, guys, let me know how do you guys let me know how do you feel about uh, Carson Wentz going to Indy. Um, I'm not shocked. You know, I've said it for uh, days. I had this man going to Indianapolis ever since he left. You know, so give me uh, guys, just let me know. Um, what was your reaction like? Um, so the Philadelphia Eagles have moved on from Carson Wentz and the Indianapolis Colts looks like they have their quarterback of the future. So, yeah, um, I hope you guys like this podcast. I will be doing another one tomorrow and yeah, I'll see you guys. See you guys tomorrow.